You know, anybody who's anybody who's listening right now is like, okay, what did I just do? We've got like four inside jokes. Oh my gosh. What's up, everyone? This is Jason Tucker. This is WP Water Cooler, episode number 313. Today, we actually have a topic today. What? Is inheriting code on a new WordPress project. Like from, like from a deceased relative or? Yes, exactly. Sometimes. <laughs> That's real. George Stephanus, start us off. Tell us about yourself. Um, <laughs> hi, I'm George Stephanus. I work on the Jetpack team at Automatic for the last six years and I get to do hiring and interviews and all sorts of random hygiene. Email George. With <laughs> <Email laughs> your resume. <laughs> <laughs> Say, how about you? Tell us oh, about Oh, who am I, though, really? Who are any of us? I am... Jean Valjean? I am called... We are all Jean Valjean. We are many. He is one. Um, or I That's don't know. Spartacus. It's... it's anyway, just to see and do... Tiger Lobster! Say! My name is Say. Say Reed. <laughs> and I do stuff with WordPress all the time. Teach WordPress, make WordPress, preach WordPress, sleep WordPress, eat WordPress. Wait, sleep WordPress? On all the things. Yeah, because I have like a bunch of WordPress t-shirts <laughs> that I sleep read. in. I'm stay read on all the things. I'm stay read on all the things, blah, blah, blah. Okay, go, Steve. You're good. <laughs> Steve, how about you? Tell us about yourself. I am Steve Zingan. I'm the founder of Zeke Interactive. I run the OC WordPress meetup. And I'm also in the organizing committee for OC WordCamp, which is coming up April 27th. Woohoo! Cosper, how about you? Hey, everybody. Jason Cosper, a.k.a. the human blink tag. How's it going? AKA Fat Mullenweg. What's up? <laughs> Happy to be here. Just looking forward to having this conversation today. Me too. Awesome. It's going to be too, me too. I'm Jason Tucker. You can find me over at Jason Tucker on Twitter. My website, jasontucker.blog. I do this show and WP Blab. We didn't do a WP Blab this, this week, and we're probably not going to do it next week as well. Sorry, blah, Bridget. Blah. You're sure about this right now, but this is how this is how things happen. So. Is that like Bob Laws Lob? Oh man. So yeah, let's talk, let's talk about inheriting, um, inheriting code from, uh, you know, somebody else build a website. You re, you know, you, you've bidded on it. You are able bidded. to do that website. <laughs> yeah. And now you have the code and you now you're got the bid. Oh, crud. Uh, so this person did X, Y, and Z on this code. What do I need to do here? So let's, let's talk a little bit about that and kind of what should, what should you do? Do you start from scratch? Do you take what they're using and just kind of run with it? I have so Hashtags. much to say on both depends, sides of right? this topic. It depends. I to know. Yes. <laughs> so the first thing you do is say, I will charge you X dollars to do discovery. Yes. Yeah. And I can Definitely. give you a quote based on that. And if you want to go with me, great. And I would build a thing out for you. If you then you've got this discovery document. You can take to anyone else and they can give you a better estimate than they could without it. Couldn't have said it better myself. We're done. That's it. All right. That's it. <laughs> and what do you do during discovery, George? Uh, you take a look at all the plugins that are installed. Make sure no one has hacked corps or plugins. The things can be updated frequently. You count the number Maybe of slider plugins. licenses for any plugins so you can get updates if you need to you can uh all you that for the to, low, low you price aggressively of, tweet about how bad the install is i mean that's just what i do clients I from hell uh. <laughs> so um say you you bring up a good point is is Wait, what 
Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it, it took 313 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> I had a couple. A couple. Jason, can yeah. you look back and tell us which episode that was? No problem. <laughs> Give me about 30 minutes. <laughs> that one episode. But you bring up a good point, right? So um, one of the things, let's, for, for, let's put tech aside for a second. When I inherit code, you know, one of the things I uh, make sure I do is never disparage the person I inherited code from, right? That's publicly, so important. Publicly, privately, to the client, right? I don't know what happened prior to me inheriting the code, right? I don't know that the developer necessarily made the decisions that were there in the code. Oh that my God. I don't know if the client forced those decisions. I don't know if the developer inherited the code from a prior developer before them, right? You have no idea what happened. So don't disparage anybody when you inherit this, code. Just, this, is, just is. this is so important. And this is what I was going to say about being on both sides of this, because I ha- have clients who I did, you know, custom uh uh develop devs for uh when in like 2013 like that's literally six years ago and they're still up and running and you know i know you know if they're redoing those things now i'm like you can't you cannot compare the 2013 code to what is happening now like that's literally like light years away and you don't know why that developer left you know uh i just wanted to say a real quick story about this i one a client that you know did custom stuff for love this client um, uh, was you know their 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 site's increasing they you know they're they're uh, need to be online all the time and you know they were on shared hosting <clears throat> and uh, it started to be where they would like you know call me if there were hosting issues and I'm like so FYI I'm not a hosting company I'm not on call 24 hours I can't help you with this stuff we need to move and your site needs to be up you need you need more attention than what you have for your, your technical setup. So I was like, you need to move to WP Engine. WP Engine is great. It's exactly what you need. You'll be up. It's a little bit more expensive. You have support, blah, 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 blah. They do the upgrades and the backups, all this fun stuff. You just said the E word. Which one? Expensive. No, I mean, yeah, right. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, comparatively though, right? And this was back when WP Engine had like, didn't have the $29 plan or whatever. So they were, you know, like double it was just when just when managed. No, no. I meant the, the, it's quiet. ten host gators, okay, guys. Just so you know, it's ten host. <laughs> <laughs> it's ten GoDaddies on your intro. That is a hell of a metric. <laughs> um, it is funny, uh, but so they. So I'm like, here's my recommendation. This is you know, this is what it would take to move this to that. Blah blah blah. Here we go. This is gonna be great for you. And their response to me was, I've I googled this and I looked. Some people on the internet are saying that WP Engine is too expensive and not worth it. And to which I said, great, you should That's, ask them to help you. It's been great working with you and I have to go now. That, that is awesome, right? And so oh. one of the things I was going to say to tie that back into George's comment about discovery, right? What you just said and discovery, those are great weed out processes for mm-hmm. client, right? Well, if- I mean, they were already my client, but that was that was the reason that I left and the code stay there, stayed on a subpar thing. It was, but, it was so much that needed to be updated. And I was just like, I, if you are going to question my knowledge about something so simple as a hosting company, totally. because of people on the internet that you don't know, that means you have no respect for my opinion, no but, trust in what I'm recommending to you. And why would you trust anything else that I say ever? I'm, and, I, and, and, I'm, and that's great. And I'm specifically talking about cost, right? So if somebody is not willing to pay a hundred bucks a month 
right? For decent hosting, right? Or it's 115 now, right? And if they're not willing to pay your discovery bill, it's not going to be a good engagement for you. It's not going to be a good relationship because anytime I'm inheriting code, I, I, I don't think I've ever inherited code where it hasn't become a, a larger project than what the client expected. It is a large project when you when you're inheriting code because you're going to make it yours, right? And there 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 is a process that's involved in that, right? Even whether you're refactoring or you're redoing, it, it it's going to be more expensive than what the client has in their mind. Well, because in the client's mind, you know, they've already built the site, and so right. they're just like taking their car to get an oil change or you know like update the software or something. They're not like thinking, oh, I need a new transmission. Where you might be like, hey, this actually has been recalled. And, you know, you have to take it <laughs> and, out. <laughs> and, and so if the client comes to you and they've already built the site, they, they, they've already spent this money, right? And, and they figure it's just a maintenance project or an oil change. How do you handle that conversation? Bye. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. No, I actually, well, what I've started to do, you know, and what I do kind of recurringly is I collect, there's, there's people out there who are willing to be just like, technicians will go in and do exactly what the client wants on top of whatever's existing there. And I, you know, basically at this point funnel to those people because I won't do that anymore. I'm not going to fix a broken system. I, I refuse no longer happening. So, so, so here's, here's what I do. I get into the conversation of, of, of short-term and, and long-term, right? You can spend, you know, some now, right. To have a, a much better long-term experience, right. We can put some things in place where, which makes maintenance easier. It makes the site run smoother. It's just going to put, make the site more future-proof, right. Or you can, you can not do those things and spend down the road. Right. And, and it, 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 over time, it's a lot more in my experience, it's a lot more if you spend over time than, than put in the effort that you do now. You graph, you use a graph. It's right. Yeah, it's actually right here. It, it's, it goes up and to the graph. It's going to be like this <laughs> it or it's like going to be stuff. like this. Yeah, either way. Or the other, what yeah. do you want? And also, <laughs> and this, you, know, you also have to factor in business loss. If the site does go down, the cost of that on top of you still have to fix it if it breaks right. later. And, the, and this, code, this code that we're talking about isn't just isn't just if you were to bring on a new client, but also if you went and switched from working at one company to another, and now you're in that company and you own that code. Like that's not like, Mm -hmm. and there may be some history behind that code. It may be like Dave Jess used to tell me um, that, that you're, that when you're going to write this code, you need to make sure that you're writing it for future Jason or future future Dave Jesh. That was always his thing was like worrying about the guy that it's going to be dealing with this later. And it may be you. That's the code that you write is the code you wrote five minutes ago. I've bumped into future Steve. He's an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, think of all you've done to him, the poor guy. Oh, I get it. No, I understand that I'm part of the problem. I understand. Future Cosper um, has a really cool jacket, but he will not tell me where he got it. So <laughs> <laughs> <Still> angry. <laughs> One of the best summaries I've heard very much along those lines saying that write your code and document your code as though um, if you don't do it right, drunk, you, you will come back and punch <laughs> in the future. Oh my lord. <laughs> Uh, I I mean that so back in back in the day I didn't you know I didn't think about future whatever like long time ago like future say future say future say's problem and I didn't I didn't no I didn't even think that uh but like you know I didn't do you know you, you don't necessarily do extensive documentation or whatever and like that I think is really the way to um like in the code 
that is how you can communicate later with people. You're like, this is why I put this here, right, right here. And the cool thing about that is you're literally talking to the other developers. And if the person isn't in there, it's probably because they're a client and they wouldn't understand it anyway. But the person who comes into the code and is like, oh, this makes sense. I mean, I do that even just like on my CSS files. I'm like, this is what these things are for. Like, so, you know, what it's connected I to. I don't, I don't mean to switch uh, subject on you, but we That's only fine. have yes, 17 minutes left and we've got a lot to cover, right? So I want to talk about some of the things that I look for in discovery. So in that discovery process, that I'm, as I'm doing a code analysis, one of the first things I'm looking for is best practices, right? So um, I, I'm looking for what plugins they're using, what theme they're using, was it a custom built theme? Are, is there any custom code? Where was it placed? Is it placed in a plugin? Is it in MU plugins? Is it sitting somewhere it's not supposed to be sitting, right? Right? Is there something sitting in the root folder? Have they made uh, changes to core code, like George said, right? Core WordPress code, core plugins, things like that, right? Look for all those things, but especially in the custom code, when, I'm, when I identify a piece of custom code, I open that up and immediately I'm looking for WordPress, WordPress best practices. The problem, again, I just want to reiterate, WordPress best practices in like 2013, 2015, different than WordPress best practices in 2019. So that's where Absolutely. That's being kind but there's a lot of the stuff that is the same. Absolutely. But when I, but, and that's, and say, I think what you're referring to is a matter of how you document that stuff, right? When I document that stuff, I'm not saying, what was this developer thinking? <laughs> that's not my report my report is, you are <laughs> my, yeah, my, yeah of course but my report is this the, these lines of code these pieces these functions i found aren't following wordpress best practices or right? it's just old it's been depreciated they may be, they may be have you ever used a right? function before maybe we should apply the other thing I'm looking for is is security best practices, right? Um, you know, is everything sanitized appropriately? Is it are using best practices for getting uh, things in and out of, of uh, posts and, and and requests and things like that? So you know, I'm also analyzing for security best practices. The last thing I look at, you know, and this is this is a biggie, is is um, I install Query Monitor and I'm looking for uh, SQL best practices, you know, slow queries, things that are that are really uh, slowing the system down, and and that's one of the things that, you know, when I, when I, when I inherit a site, when I first am doing a code review, I will put it on a local machine. I'll put it in a sandbox, right? And I'll just see how the site feels, right? Forget query just monitor. The site, right? Just, yeah, just, just start going through the site and see how it feels. Is it loading properly? Is, you know, it, as I'm, as I'm cruising around, is it, is it, is it running smoothly? Right? And then, then I start to look into query monitors, see if there are, is evidence of slow queries, duplicate queries, PHP errors, all that kind of stuff. Also, it, you know, the, if there is, there are issues, it very well could be the content, you know, maybe the client didn't use it right. Maybe they didn't understand how it was set up in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, something's been going in the wrong spot or being renamed, or they're using, you know, giant images where they're supposed to be, or they, you know, they're putting their own stuff, their own hacks into stuff. So it could be, it could be a content at, you know, inside the admin issue and not even in the code. And so one of the other things that I do externally to uh, technically for what you're uh, saying, say, is I use uh, something like Pingdom tools, Google page speed, and I pick a set of pages, right? And I run through all these tools because it'll give you a full report of, you know, are there large scripts that are low or, or are there scripts that are loading slowly? Is there a CDN in place? Are, you know, are there two, are there images that are just taking up a lot of space? How, how is the external load happening? Yeah. Ugh. So there's so many sites I want to like go back and rebuild. The worst thing is like your old code. And I'm like, oh, I just would have done that differently. Or, oh, I wish I had had technology then. And, oh, I don't know. 
sometimes it's just frustrating. And, and sometimes it's not code that the person wrote, but rather the plugins that they selected that jack it all up. And that was one of the topics. We, now that I'm remembering this, Steve, that was one of the topics that we were thinking about was that whole idea of like using somebody else's code in your website and having that, that plugin be the thing. Well, so Jason, I put three links in the, uh, in the chat. One is uh, Kingdom Tools, Google PageSpeed, GT Metrics. Between all of those, and there's a lot of crossover there, but one of the things I like in, in Google, Page, Google PageSpeed is it'll kind of tell you why you're getting the grade you're, you're getting and pay attention to those things because it'll tell you, do you need to async your JavaScript? Is there stuff that's loading that doesn't need to be loading? And there's some interesting things that they've done in the... Chrome developer tools that'll tell you, you can actually drill down at, at the page and script level. It'll tell you what scripts are actually not being used and what can be kind of moved off to you know, later load to, to start improving those scores. And most of the time, I'd say eight or nine times out of 10, that stuff's coming from a plugin. It's being loaded, something's being loaded by a plugin that's just not needed. You know, the same thing does apply for old plugins, right? There was a plugin that five years ago was a great plugin. And, you know, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, it hadn't been updated or whatever, or, you know, maybe it hasn't been updated, but it hasn't been updated in the repository. So you don't know that it's out of date because of, it doesn't have that plugin you were talking about two episodes ago. Go look at that episode if you want that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, you know, you, you don't even know that that, that plugin is bringing in the bad. <laughs> And, and so, and, and it related to that, one of the other things I do in the site analysis is I open up uh, the database. I look in PHP My Admin or in, in, in another database tool. I look in the database and what I'm specifically looking for is um, just like where, if there's bloated tables, uh, but also are there tables that aren't being used anymore, right? Because a lot of times what people do is install plugins and either deactivate them and the, and the tables will stick around or forget to deactivate them and then just delete the plugin which makes the tables just sit there, right? So now you've got this bloated database with all the stuff that you don't need. And so I'll do it. I'll actually do a table analysis to see, are these tables actually still being used by active plugins? Mm-hmm. Is there a tool you use for that? Or is that just manual? It's right now it's manual. I haven't found it. Oh, anything. I was like, Oh, what's that tool? Yeah. I want that, that one. Can I have that one? That, one. That, that actually takes some, that, that takes some time. Yeah. That, that but essentially it's not that hard to find out which uh, plugin created a given table. And what it's not, what, the way I do it is, is I look at the tables and I, you know, I know by now kind of what, what the gravity forms tables look like, what the um, Yoast tables look like. But if I see one I don't recognize, I will actually copy the name of the table and I'll go right to the code. I use the code as a source and I'll search for those table names in the code to see if it's even, if it even exists. That'll tell me what plugin it comes from. Cost Unless it's dynamically about, generated. What's that? Talk about Lighthouse. Unless it's dynamically generated. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Yeah, uh, White House is actually an interesting project that Google has started including yep. in Chrome uh, that also uh, amongst the tools that uh, Steve shared, um, what, what White House does is it basically checks from a mobile standpoint um, yep. what your performance is like. Uh, a lot of people, uh, because they're just developing on their browser, do not think to check uh, how things look on mobile, um, You know, especially uh, a lot of starting developers. Uh, you know, folks who are a little more experienced, like Steve and say, I'm sure, uh, at least take the time to What's load stuff up on your mid- I don't know what that is. What? Yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, it, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a little, is, little file. Is that in Alabama? Can you have a join the, uh, <laughs> is Future Say around? Can she join the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. She has a cool jacket, too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a really cool jacket. Go ahead, Cosper. Yeah, um, so White House is, uh, 
they actually have a, a command line tool. Uh, there's also uh, a tool included in Chrome now in newer versions of Chrome uh, that will allow you to run Lighthouse reports on uh, any of your domains on specific pages, et cetera. So you can get uh, a very uh, deep understanding and insight of like, okay, well, so you have a responsive page, but you're still serving up full size images on, um, you know, on the mobile view, like you, you can totally trim those down. You should trim those down. Um, you know, things like that, those, those little additional insights that uh, page speed, uh, GT metrics, web page test, those things won't necessarily like shake out for you. What do you do if you... Oh, Real quick, I just want to make a comment. There, it, um, if you're not technical enough to install Lighthouse or use the code, if you, I put another link in there. If you go to uh, Google PageSpeed, there's a link to uh, Lighthouse in there where you can run it inside of uh, Chrome DevTools. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so what do you do when you, you, know, you present all this discovery and you're like, okay, well, you know, this, these, these images here, this is here, this code needs to be updated over here. We need to find a new plugin for this. And we recommend, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's going to be to fix all this, you know, your transmission costs, for example, are going to be X number of dollars. And they're like, whoa, because, you know, sticker shock and all that. Like if they don't want to or can't pay for all of that at once or at all, um, do you say, Sia, do you say, okay, these are the most important things uh, but we can't be held responsible for this other stuff because if that stuff violates your best practice, like, so I have, you know, you, you were kind of touching on this with the client wanted it in there or the client dictated, no, this is what I choose. I've been fresh, you know, I've had a lot of clients that made choices that weren't my choices. Like they went against my recommendation. They weren't the best practice. Right. And I, you know, you can't, you got to do it. And it's like, you can't just say, okay, bye to every single client who doesn't do everything you want them to do. So what is your method for dealing with that? Well, uh, I, I will say sometimes uh, during that conversation, I do like to hit the roof of the website and say, you can fit so many more sales into this baby. You can fit so many more blog posts into this baby. If, if you just do, if you just spend the money and that normally gets me far, far less pushback, but that's, I mean, that's just me, um, Steve. Our language. Yeah. <laughs> for me, you got good miles on her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for me, it's more of a conversation, right? It's, 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 hey, this is where we stand now. These choices were made before I came along. This is what I'm recommending, and here's why, right? And, and let's discuss the long term effects of, of both ways, right? So I, I really try to treat the client as a partner um, and, and just have a conversation about what these decisions could ultimately lead to and what the cost savings look like down the road for spending the money now. Right. Um, I, I don't, I don't know that there's, um, you know, there's any time I've ever, you know, said or thought, look, if you make this decision, um, we're just, we're done here. Right. That, 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 that's not really, that's not really how it works. It's, it's, it's really more of a, a communication. And, and so would you keep a client a on a shared thing. host if they weren't going to move, they didn't want to move. You'd be like, Sure, I'll deal with your host gator site. No. Okay, well, there, there but, is a line. There is a line. We found it. <laughs> well, but I've never, but I've never had to. I've never had to make that decision. I've always explained the, the benefits of a shared host. Versus, versus I need a better persuasion score. 
Steve, is it okay <laughs> if my website runs on PHP 4? Will, will you make sure that my site stays working now, on PHP 4? Now, again, keep in mind, at the beginning <laughs> of this episode, we talked about a weed, a weed out process, right? So if there's a client that is insisting that $100 a month is too much for them, right? Or the discovery that we're proposing is too much for them, that's just not our, it's not our client. So that's why I don't run into these things. We, I've already weeded them out by that point. Right. So you, you, you brought on clients who are basically like vetted. And they're, yeah. they have, they've demonstrated their willingness to respect your professional expertise. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think more what we're looking for is, is clients that are going to um, act as, as partners. No, it's not even pay. It's not even about pay. Yes. I mean, that makes sense. But it's really, um, you know, we're, we're weeding out uh, clients that don't want to be in, in partnerships, right? Because right. I, don't, I don't like to be a vendor, Right when we're a vendor, we we, we sort of it, it, that's not a comfortable relationship, and that's sort of the relationship that you're describing. I right? think that's really the key because I think there's a lot of clients out there who view web development as that, as like you know a car purchase or whatever. When exactly what you're saying is it's not like that. It's like a, your accountant more. It's like you know it's like you're that you need to continually check in with and adopt things for, and every year you got to you know do your upgrades and your bookkeeping. Steve, what, what, per- what, percentage, what percentage of discovery is the total cost of, um, of a project? Like if, like on, on average, like, is it 10% of the project? Is it 5% of the project? Is it, is it on top of the project? No, like, is it I, I, again, it depends on the project. I mean, I'll give you my discovery cost. You know, our, our, our site analysis starts at $2,500. Right. So that by itself is, is, yep. is a marker, right? There's a lot of clients, well, there's a lot of clients where They're their like, budget Hi. for the website, their budget for the website is $2,500, right? But so, that means that you're not putting into, you're not taking that website and put it on built with and going, yeah, use WordPress. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're doing more than that. No, that's, that's, yeah, that. that's, that's 10 hours. Right. That, right. Gonna say, that's not even that many hours of discovery. Like, the reason why the reason why I bring that up is the is the simple fact that there there's people out there that are building websites for fifteen hundred bucks and then they're trying to figure out how can I go and like do discovery on a fifteen hundred dollar project and you you really can't you're you're oh. essentially saying like I'm going to use built with to tell you that you're using WordPress and no I'm what they're going to say is their dollar their hour per dollar <laughs> just goes down and they don't even think about discovery being a cost to them in terms of time they think right. about it and often the client thinks about it in terms of proposal development I, i'm, I'm going to go in and look at your code and stuff to figure out what i'm going to tell you to buy and they don't think about it as its own cost yeah those, you don't charge for clients, it and they'll, then the clients will just take it and go somewhere else and say here build this for me after you've look, spent 10 hours building the proposal but jason for those clients that are watching that you know that have that sort of budget i'm, I'm going to give the free advice right now right move Call to a wordpress host no <laughs> no do no. not yeah um <laughs> Uh, move to a managed WordPress host. And if, if that's not a possibility, install WP Supercache. Like, <laughs> that's it. Or put, it, put Cloudflare in place. That, that's it. Right? Manage hosting. Right. Go, to, go to a place like, but you know, WP Engine or WordPress.com that gives you built-in support where you can yeah. talk to somebody and they will help you uh, DIY. Because that's a DIY budget where you're bringing uh, it, you're doing it yourself and maybe bringing in some people to we, help you. We see this all the time in our meetups where you have somebody that shows up who's had 20 different developers. Maybe that all 20 people that are in the room have gone through this person, you know, to do all their stuff. And then they go like, I, you know, I don't want to pay for discovery. And you're like, well, if you would have paid for discovery at the beginning, you would have found that all of these 20 different people that built their website, all these different ways 
uh, you know, essentially have contributed to the, the issues that you're currently having. Frankenstein. Yep. And, you know, maybe maybe there needs to be like a you know, there's like Carfax. There should be like web facts. <laughs> it's like like a, like yeah. the web developers like leave a thing like like there should be like a, that's a file in the code. Like here's the would web. We a little, would we get a little mascot too? Like there's a, there's a VIN. There's a VIN for the website. <laughs> right. So, okay. Like, just. One how last many accidents, thing. how many crashes, how many times has this site been hacked? Like, <laughs> we're wrapping up, uh, but one last thing I really wanted to get in is we're talking about inheriting other people's code. This has been mostly inheriting other people's websites. There's also something where uh, if a plugin seems like it's going to get abandoned or the person can no longer maintain it, it might get adopted or passed over to someone else. Um, recently, a lot of folks are aware that Alex Mills, uh, who's been part of the WordPress community for well over a decade, has passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, Automatic has an internal team, the Guardians, uh, who is uh, going to be taking over the majority of maintenance on most of Alex's plugins. Regenerate thumbnails. Huge. Yep, they're still actively using the WordPress community very heavily, uh, and they're going to be taking ownership of those going forward, maintaining them uh, so they don't just like fall into disrepair, link rot, and his legacy will live on. Yay. That's awesome. Um, Jason, I'm, I'm going to suggest that we have a part two on this topic. I mean, Steve we, has more uh, to say. We, we, <laughs> all we talked about is, is the onboarding process, mm-hmm. right? I want to talk about what you actually do once you get the co- once you have the code, right? Cry. Burn it! <laughs> Burn it! <laughs> I, I actually, I, there's a lot more to talk about. I think we need a part two next week. Awesome. Mm-hmm. We can definitely do that. Let's do it. Sweet. Well, um, I, I do want to let you folks know that if you go over to uh, serverpress.com, they're the folks that uh, sponsored this particular episode. And I want you to know that the, the stuff that they've been building over there is pretty awesome. And last week we did talk about uh, uh, WP Site Sync, which is just amazing way of being able to move um, content from one site to another or from local to, um, to your like studio or any of those sorts of things. So yeah, feel free to go take a look at that. That's over at serverpress.com. They've been doing some amazing stuff over there and they've been helping us out with uh, making sure that we keep the lights on over here. So I we can help you do your discovery. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Hashtag do your discovery. I like that. I want to go spread that. Mm. All right, folks. You have a good one. Talk to y'all later. Go to wpwatercore.com slash subscribe. See you later. Bye.